Welcome everyone to the Holstein House podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Okay, it's a little more than five. (laughs) All right, so today we're going to talk about, if we have enough time, because, you know, sometimes I get long-winded and squirrel, squirrel you know, over there, squirrel, change of direction, change of focus, and then I have to bring myself back in. But today we're going to talk a little bit about the columns and the brackets. I know some of you guys are probably getting a little tired of that, but it's still a thing I got to still fix. Some sports ball comments. Out with the Saturn, in with the Jetta, the price of eggs, and maybe a few other things if we have some time. So this will be episode 29 of the Holstein House podcast. And uh, for those of you listening on Fountain, uh, I premiered the podcast on Fountain.fm. And I do appreciate your support through sharing Satoshi's. Uh, Some folks like to say tip. Yeah, I kind of don't like to say tip. But if that's the uh, if that's an accurate you're more familiar with, more comfortable with more power to you. Uh, We like to say share value for value. If something that I say is of entertainment value, of educational value, of even boredom value, I will pay you to shut up. There you go. Go ahead and drop us some Satoshis. And you might get a little bit of them back because when you do that, I encourage you to leave a comment. And most of the time I respond back to the comment. So I mean, maybe a little slow. I may not see it for a day or so. They've changed the fountain app, which is good. I'm not complaining, but I'm still trying to figure it out as well. <clears throat> but we do stream. We I use Podbean to um, combine everything and upload it to the Fountain.fm app, and I also upload it to Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Google Podcast. Of course, Podbean has it. Spotify is supposed to have it. Amazon Music, uh, TuneIn, and iHeart. Uh, one called Player. I don't know what it is. I've, I've never fooled with it, but I've, it's supposed to stream there. Listen Notes and Samsung. So you should be able to find it and play it back later if you use any of those podcasting apps. Uh, and, I, and I hope you will. I hope you'll subscribe to it. I hope that, you know, the, the bigger part of it, you it, it's more valuable than it's not. Because I know it's like everything else. Not everything I say, maybe not a lot of it, is pertinent to a lot of people but sometimes it is so you want to be there uh so i hope you will clip and boost and share and subscribe and and thumbs up and and uh all of those things hit that little bell for notifications when the next one comes up uh depending on what uh uh, application you're you're participating in so uh, i think i have all that out of the way it's called call to action i'm not very good with them but yeah do do these things. (laughs) Okie dokely. Let me shuffle my pages around here. And 
Oh, there's one. Oh, it may be working. Okay. Well, anyway, so some of you know that the, uh, the porch columns on the front of the house were rotting. And we had, after the freeze and thaw over Christmas, we had a, a substantial collapse of one or, or collapse of part of one. It was really bad. And so we got that repaired. So the, the porch is now level and the columns are correct. They're the architectural, they're um, res, uh, architectural composite. They, they should last the rest, rest of the house. I mean, the house should, as long as the house is here, those columns should be here. They won't rest or rest, gosh, rot. But I, we're going to reuse the handrails, I think. That's the plan right now. And the handrails um, had been screwed directly into the post. Well, you can get handrails now that have these brackets. And we got brackets at Home Depot. Oh, at the same time, we got the columns. But the columns came from Lowe's. But uh, we, I went and I was going to put the brackets on the rails and I was going to start that process of putting them back up and the brackets are made wrong they're not the same shape as the top of the rails that we have out here so they didn't fit properly they should fit snugly like you know your hand, hand over your hand like that uh, but they don't uh, they don't come close <laughs> it's probably a um, one of those things where like Lowe's carries certain types of these things and Home Depot carries a different type of these things. And so if I can find them at Lowe's, may, I may have to order them, but I'm going to try to stop by there today. I have to go into town today to uh, do some deposits and stuff. So I'm going to look uh, over at Lowe's and see if I can find those. I really don't want to just like they were before directly screw them into the posts. And it's just because the, the brackets are made so that they fit the curve of the post. If you're just, if you're, or the column, if you're going from the handrail to that column, you're trying to butt a, a, a fairly straight surface to, to a curve. <laughs> And so you get this, and so you get water collecting in here and stuff. And these these rails, they're they're still wood. Uh, but so I'd like to find those. I, it's just a matter of, of going out and looking for them. Uh, and I was hoping to get that done this week. I'm not sure if I will or not. The weather's supposed to be sort of kind of fair. Um, some rain, but fairly warm, like. 50s and 60s through the day and and I think that would be um, fine but um, I want to try I really wanted to get that done this week I just don't know if I'll be able to uh, it's rainy today it is um, oh I don't know it's it's at least up in the 40s now um, let me see will this little thing pop up and tell me what the temperature is I hate this little thing but uh, it says it's 49 outside and rainy so um, Wednesday looks fair, tomorrow looks fair, but we do have Bibles and brunch in the morning. So uh, that'll tie me up till at least noon because I'll go over early and set up and get the food and everything put out. And Mary, not by myself, Mary and, and Omi, and then will help me with that. But then we've got 
roughly an hour. So we've got like a 15 minute video or so. And then we've got chatter time afterwards. So, and then clean up. So I just figure, you know, 11, 15, 11, 30 noon, uh, I'll be back home. So I, I would have to find them today in order to do that, or I have to go look for them tomorrow. But, and then, um, Saturday, so tomorrow it's supposed to be close to 60. Uh, Saturday, it's supposed to be up about 49, but less of a chance of rain. Now, I'm working on the porch. It's not the big deal. The big deal is that the handrails are going to be wet. They're probably going to be wet anyway, unless I bring them up on the porch and they wouldn't have time to dry. So I know that the rails need to be, um, at the, the top of the rails need to be at 36 inches. Um, I, I can measure, that's not a problem measuring them. Uh, I just hope they are. I think they're going to be because I think they're pretty standard handrails. And I just, you know, can I can adjust that height. The problem, the thing that I'm more worried about is getting them level. And the, the previous people um, who lived here had um, shims under them because they looked like they were sagging in the middle. And I don't know if that's related to them fastening the handrails directly to the columns or if the rails actually were sagging. Um, I would like to think they weren't actually sagging because they were made for that purpose. Uh, but um, the shims were still there when we bought the house. And um, I'd like to think I don't need those because I want to be able to sweep things off the porch, you know, without it. They, things would catch on those. Plus those rails were felt like they were kind of low. It was hard to sweep. Like leaves would blow in after a storm or something. You go to sweep them and then they'd hang up. It felt kind of low. So I'm going to try to try to um, adjust that and see what happens. But I need, I do, I have to go get, uh, I have to go get those brackets. Hopefully they'll have them at, at the low store. Oh, oh, I could probably, well, no, not yet. Um, talking to myself while I'm doing this. So I am looking for someone to uh, help me around the house. Um, a couple years ago, a young, well, it was pre-COVID. I had a lady that would come in usually just once a week, but every now and again, it would be twice a week. I thought I had the notification. Do I have to turn the notifications off on each of those? I bet I do. Mute for one hour. Oh, that one's muted. See, I'm still learning all these. I have um, mute for an hour. I have a, an account with Telegram, and so far it's been fine. I'm not complaining. I just am still also learning on you, the fine points of using it as well. And I knew I didn't have to shut it off. I knew I could mute it, but I thought you, when you muted one, it muted all of them, but it didn't. So I just did that, muted that. So I don't know if you heard that or not. <laughs> so I'm still I'm still looking for somebody to help me out um, once or twice a week. The, like I said, like I started saying, the um, 
the woman that was helping me before came in on Tuesdays and on occasion Fridays, depending on how many guests we had. And all she did or all I asked her to do was um, sweep steam because I have a steamer. I don't like to use uh, mops and bucket uh, because the, the floors are, are the original wood. I know people think don't steam those, but I would rather them be steamed than soaked with mop water. Um, steam the floors and dust. And once you get the hang of it, if you're not having to stop and do stuff, <laughs> if you can just get started and go all the way through, it, it take you less than an hour to do the downstairs or maybe right at an hour. But so I have a price, you know, that I'm, I'm going to pay. I think it's a very fair price, uh, ass assuming that it would take someone two hours. Then if you get it done in an hour, you get the same pay. So let's just for this example, say 10 bucks. Let's say I'm paying 10 bucks um, for the full, for ever how long it takes you to clean. If you clean it in an hour, it's 10 bucks an hour. If it, if it takes you three hours, it's 10, uh, it's, it's $3.33. 33 33 33 cents an hour but i'm not paying 10 i'm paying i'm paying more than 10 just the, that was just for the example so if it takes you two hours to do it you can call it half of that for the hour but it's project-based so it's just a flat fee and um, just some help here at the house so um i had i had someone reach out to me and ask me why i didn't make that a public plea I had put it on Facebook just to friends and the reason that I did it that way is because in the past I have done that I've put it out there I've even used like through Holstein House the Holstein House Facebook page an, an advertisement for help and what I ended up getting was people who probably could I'm not given a background test but probably couldn't pass a background test and probably couldn't pass a drug screen either um i i'm looking i need someone that has decent references from people that i trust and i am i'm gonna it's gonna be a cash job you know so it's it's not like um if you if i if i pay someone with a service they're gonna bill me by the hour and then that person's not gonna make as much so I'm, I'm trying to do it that way. I've even had people schedule to come over and talk to me and look at the house to see, you know, because it's just the downstairs. It's not the upstairs. It's not the guest room or anything. Um, it's just the first floor. It's not the basement. Nobody be going down in the basement or anything like that. And then they don't show up. They just don't show up. So, or get upset when I say I may have you take a background check because I reserve the option of doing that well why do i need a background tech? well because i have things in my house and i need somebody that's going to be trustworthy and if you're afraid of a background check well there you go um it's possible that i would have someone depending on how well it works how uh, how often this person wants to work if they wanted to come in more than once a week if they wanted to come in after each of the guests or something like that then we're talking employment service i wouldn't be putting you on a payroll myself i would send you to an employment service like an express employment or or manpower or one of those 
you'd sign up with them. I'd work a contract out with them. They would cover your workers' comp. They would cover all your taxes. They would take all your payroll costs out. I would pay them a flat fee. They would pay you by the hour, and we would work it that way. But if it's just once a week, on occasion, uh, or, or occasionally more often or something like that, it would, you know, we, we, could, do, we could do business together that way. But it's really hard. It's hard to find good people. Uh, <laughs> so I'm putting all my Christmas stuff away. At least I thought I was. And you know, I don't know if you if you're if you're like me uh, on these things. I uh, I always forget something. Always forget something. And. Um, I ended up, there's five different things that I, I didn't get put away this time. And they're not tiny things that I can just stuff in a drawer or in a little tiny box. Um, <laughs> I found, well, now the one I knew because I don't, I don't have anything for it. It is a crash. It is a little ceramic. There are little ceramic figurines and I, the, the stable and stuff. I need a bigger, I need a box for it. It was, it was out in the building, just sitting there. And I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to use this. Okay. So I need a box for it. I might have one. I might, but I have to go get it out of the basement and bring it up. And then I'm going to have to mark it very well and pack everything up, which is fine. And I have a sign. Uh, it's not an expensive sign. It's just, it's a, but it's pretty big and it's a white background with gold lettering. It says, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a few other little sayings on it. And it just sets out pillows. I have some pillows that I didn't get put back in or put back up. Um, let's see. What was, there was a couple other things. Oh, a couple of door hangers. I always forget those kind of things. And, um, they're they're right there in my face little things that you know that hang off the door the hangers are on the door and then you've got this little thing uh plaque or something and one of them says all friends are welcome and it, but it's Christmassy and it's got the pine wreaths and stuff and um um and so <laughs> I've got those to put away. I mean, and, and just oddball little things. Do, 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 do. I know you wanted to hear about that. So I'm still finding stuff every now and again. I am. I'm still struggling with some fatigue. Uh, I am. I, I am. Walk going to be walking again. Um, when I got up this morning, it was kind of sleety. So I'm not going out in that, uh, especially in the dark. So if I, I'll be doing some walking today as I do some shopping. I know it's not exactly the same thing, but as I'm looking around the store, you know, Lowe's is a pretty good size store and I will circle it a couple times before I find what I need. I never find what I need there. Yay, there's the clock. The clock is off, by the way, by about five minutes. We, oh, I was going to, so, okay. Mr. Holstein has a beater car you know, that he drives to work. He's it's a 2000 Saturn gold four door thing. Um, and it's on its final journey. It, it belonged to my niece. He did a lot of work to it. He bought it from her. He did some more work to it. He's been driving it back and forth to work 
to save on his truck because he has a, a ram. And um, of course, the ram uses more gas and he wants to keep the mileage down on it. He loves it's a great truck. I don't I don't blame him, you know, one bit. Well, he's been looking for he said a year. I don't think it's been quite a year that he mentioned it. Now, he may have been looking for it before he mentioned it to me, but he's been looking for a little VW or a Volkswagen. It doesn't have to be a VW, but a diesel Volkswagen, particularly a Jetta. And he managed to find one. It's been months that I know of. All last summer he was talking about it. Could have been a year now, I think. But it's it's been at least um, eight months, nine months that he's mentioned it to me. Well, he finally found one down in Hamlin. And Hamlin is too roughly an hour's drive from, from where we are. And so he went down there on Saturday and bought this crazy thing and uh, it's just black it's just a little black car but it's a diesel <laughs> he wanted a diesel it's a 2012 so it's 12 years newer than the saturn but it's the same age as my fiat and my fiat is uh, just about to see um the last days she's starting to act up a little bit mr holstein doesn't want to work on the engine anymore because the engine's not much bigger than this laptop computer i'm sitting in front of and it goes through valves. It burns the, is it one, the number one cylinder one valve? I think that's the one. It burns that thing up all the time. He's put two of them in there since we bought it. And we bought it in 2012. No, I didn't buy it in 2012. I bought it in, I bought it before COVID. It was 2019. I bought it in 20, 2017, I think. I had it a couple years before. See, it wasn't new when I bought it. So it, it was it was up there. Um, and it had quite a few miles on it. And I just love that little car. It zips all over the place. But I was using it for my uh, notary signing agent work. Sometimes I'd be driving to Beckley, Bluefield, Huntington, you know, and putting high revs on that engine. And it just started carrying on one day. And I come in and I said, you got to put that little reader thing on that car and tell me what's wrong with it. And he, he started fooling around with it. And he said, there's no compression on cylinder one. And I said, well, I don't know what that means. And he said, I got engine work to do. Oh, bless his heart. He had to do that through the winter that year. And then he, he it did it again. And it took us forever to find the parts. I mean, we it just, it was really hard for us to get parts for that dumb little car. And this was before all the supply chain craziness. So it, it just, ah. Uh, it it just it was just crazy, dumb. So he's seen somewhere um, a little VW Rabbit, and um, he said that he might consider getting it. And um, I thought, well, why if you're getting the the Jetta? And he said he was gonna get it and let me ride me have the Jetta. And I said, well, what if I want the because this is the more, it's the, it's a, it's a newer, it might also be a 2012, but it's a newer VW Beetle that he's looking at. And I said, I, what if I want the Beetle? And he said, well, <laughs> so I think he wants to drive the Beetle. But he's on this diesel kick 
I'm all, I, it doesn't matter to me. He's the one that has to work on them when they break. So, but, um, he's on, he's on a diesel kick. Oh, do, do, do. but he drove the uh, Jetta today. I knew he was wanting to. <laughs> I got to go to the DMV and I got to, oh, I got to get a hold of the insurance company too. But let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, so the Ducks haven't, I, so I've got, for those of you who may not know, and I know several of you do know, I have seven chickens laying hens and I have um, two female ducks and a drake. I had, I at one time I had um, three females and one of them died last fall. And then I had originally had eight chicks, but one of them didn't make it overnight. So one of them was in pre pretty sad shape when I brought it home. But I just didn't realize it. But anyway, so I, I've been watching the, um, you know, the prices of eggs like everybody else. Now I've got some people who are um, reliable customers for my eggs. And I've, you know, this time of year, they're not, well, they're starting to come back, but this time of year, they don't lay like they usually do, unless you artificially light the coop so that they have 12 to 14 hours of daylight. It's the, it's the change in the season that causes them to do that. You can force them to lay their eggs early by keeping your coops uh, lit, but I, I don't do that. I, it's not that important to me. I'm not living off of those, uh, uh, of what money I can bring in on those eggs. But the, the ducks haven't laid well for a while. And so when I was at the tractor store Saturday, uh, I picked up some actual duck feed. Now, normally I just feed them the, uh, it's generically called all feed. It's for all laying hen and uh, birds. Uh, but it's, I think it, if I remember correctly, it's, it's only like 16 or 18% protein. Well, this duck, the duck feed, the actual duck feed is 20%. And I know pro, protein in the diet is a big deal for egg production. So normally I give them, I get some of the um, uh, dehydrated fly larva and I throw down a little bit every day, just, you know, maybe a handful every day to increase their, their protein. And especially this time of year, obviously there's not that many bugs in the ground and things for them to get. So uh, I, I try to boost their protein about this time of year, but I was able to get that. They, <laughs> they don't want to eat it. So um, it's driving me crazy. Uh they're getting the females are getting up there in age. I know my the, the Pekin is one of my original birds and she's around four. The other one is a khaki Campbell. I don't know exactly how she how old she is, but she's between two and three. Uh she was given to me a family that was um renting a house for my father, bought their kids a bunch of ducks and chickens. He had a, uh, he threw together a coop that was not predator resistant at all. And he went out uh, hearing noise in the night, in the dark, and found raccoon devastating his flock. A, a, um, a khaki Campbell looking female duck and a drake was all that managed to make it. And I adopted them. So the Khaki Campbell has laid fairly well all along. The Pekins, even when they were 
young um, were kind of hit and miss even after they got started, you know, really good. So, you know, I might get one one day and two the next. It was always hit and miss, but um, I had customers for them as well. Uh, I like duck eggs. Mr. Holstein gets a stomach ache from them. So even if I put them in uh, like pancake mix, he'll get a stomach ache. So he, there's something about the proteins in the duck egg that his, his stomach just doesn't like. So it was hard. <laughs> I don't eat that many eggs. Uh, so it was hard when, when I had all three of the ducks producing fairly regularly and um, trying to deal with all those eggs. And I did find uh, a couple customers that would buy them. Then the ducks started not laying as often. So I've tried, I'm trying to increase their production a little bit by um, giving them some protein, some higher protein feed, and um, see if that's going to help them at all. Um, but, you know, truth be known, they may be up past, past their uh, production age. Oh, that's cruel. Roast in the deck. Oh, oh. I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at the um, Telegram feed talking about the question came from um, Josh the Renegade Butcher uh, about you know how close are you to your meat source and he's been doing a question of the day if you if you're on the YouTube look up uh, Renegade Butcher I don't know if he uses the in front of it but if it's the renegade butcher if it's just renegade butcher but uh, look him up he's got some good stuff there um but he his, he's been doing a question of the day oh he's also on that tiktok stuff so uh his question of the day today had to do with being close to your your meat source and meaning you know your beef or your pork or your chicken or whatever and i was sharing that i we get we've been ordering uh, uh, pigs and beef or hog and beef. I don't, I don't, I know there's a difference. I know it's significant to people who raise them. It's, it's not significant to me, but anyway, our pork, let me just say pork and our beef from, from some, a coworker of uh, Mr. Holstein's, but he actually lives across the border in Ohio. Of course, Wayne works in Mason County right there. And so he, he's he orders these from from dj and then the butcher is up there near B dj which is fine when wayne's at work which like next week i think we next week or the week after we get uh the pork this year so he will dj will he's already taken it to the butcher well, along with other stuff because he 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 raises them and he gets them done for people and so then he'll bring it from the butcher to the, the breaker shop and wayne will bring it home from the breaker shop so now, last year, Wayne had shoulder surgery, so he was off work, and we ended up having to drive to the butcher, which basically defeated any savings we may have had, but we had the pork. Um, so uh, Josh had su was suggesting, I was talking about uh, the hens, and he, and, you know, how we do that, and he said, well, you know, consider rabbits, and I have thought about rabbits, I just don't know that I could do what needs to be done to put a rabbit in the freezer um, and uh, meat birds which are different than layers because they're they're genetically bred to grow and mature in just a few weeks I mean it's like 
they're they're grown and um i i guess i could do what needs to be done for a meat bird um so they they're they're going through the the chat talking about fixing chicken and somebody's got i i don't know if it's a chicken or not it looks kind of like duck to me but on a spit over a roast <laughs> so maybe add a little maple leaf uh pattern mi miniature oh they're just being mean they're just, <laughs> they're just being mean but um I don't, I guess I would, could, I, I had to take care. I had a bird that was sick and I had to take her out. I had a chicken that was sick and I had to take her out. And it was one of the hardest things to, to, to do. I mean, I got it done and then I was just upset all day um, because it, it just was terrible. I don't like the idea of taking a life regardless. So it, um, it was just very difficult that I had to do that. But, well, with the feed, the chickens have access to that feed, too. So if it helps them, great. The east, uh, two of my green egg layers, uh, and I don't know which one because I don't see them do it, are laying again, hit and miss. Uh, one of my brown egg layers is laying. One of them went through... Um, she was broody last year and she 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 hasn't been right since and i had that happen with another bird of mine that w w would go broody but she'd go broody she hadn't laid eggs in i don't know how long and then she'd go broody so i don't know if there's some if i have missed something critical with the hens that if they go broody they'll quit laying i mean at all not just during that period of time you know that that they're going broody she never actually, I don't think she ever actually laid another brown egg. I don't know when the last time I got two brown eggs in a day was. That's the question. That's why, why I'm questioning it. And the other one didn't, I don't think she went broody. I don't think she went broody at all. But it, um, I've got three green egg layers, two brown egg layers, and my leghorns. And my leghorns are molting now. Bless, they look so terrible. Oh my gosh, they look awful. Uh, hopefully, they'll come up out of that soon. It, it shouldn't be too much longer. But um, I was doing the math on on my feed bill yesterday, and um, it was just one of those squirrel moments. I was doing other stuff, and I'm like, exactly how much am I putting into these birds to get, um, you know, a dozen eggs out of them? And of course, right now in the winter, where they're not laying as much, it's way out of whack. I mean, it's just way out of whack. But in the summer, they they lay, you know, really regular. Um, well, this is probably the last summer. Summer they'll do that. They're probably it's time to start planning to cycle out some of the birds. So you you bring in a few to replace the few, so that by the time they're laying, these other ones you're going to take out. You're going to cull, as they say. Um, but I was doing the math on that, and I, I was I'm seeing people post these outrageous amounts of. Um, on how much a dozen eggs cost at, um, at at the box store, and I thought this, this there's something not right here because I don't think we're being charged here in the Canal Valley the same rate some of the folks in other parts of the country are because I'm seeing people 
showing that they're paying five and six dollars, seven and eight dollars a carton for you know a dozen eggs. I don't, I don't see that here. Maybe I'm missing it because I'm not focused on it. But um, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that. So I started doing the math on the chickens and the duck and the feed and estimating how much feed you give them because I don't go, I don't go measuring it out. But, you know, I, I know about how much I'm feeding them every day and about how much they're eating every day and the, the supplements that I'm giving them, like with the dehydrated um, fly larva and, and stuff like that. And then the cost of the straw and the cost of the um, pine shavings and stuff that go in, in the coop um, for their bedding which is, you know, you don't do that every day, but you do have to get it. And I, I've been, uh, I've been asking uh, $3 a dozen for a long time on my eggs. And I am now not even able to break even at $3 a dozen. So I, as soon as the girls are functioning well enough for me to reliably have a dozen eggs again, um, I'm going to have to increase it and I, I really don't want to increase it on anybody, but I am going to have to increase it. So if you have, uh, ever bought eggs from me by the dozen before you're going to have to, it's going to have to be $4. It, it's it's going to have to be $4 a dozen. Um, it's just got to the point where I, I have to, I have to raise it. And I, I just, and that's even, that's even with, um, not, not counting that they're eating a lot now and not producing much. So I'm not, I, I'm counting it as if they're still eating it. I'm not saying, okay, they stopped, they stopped laying every day back in October and counting up the weeks and the feed and all that, because basically they're free. <laughs> freeloading uh i you know some people say oh well the manure this that and that. yeah i'm not going to dig up the run to do that and um they do run loose in the yard they do free range so they are contributing that way <laughs> but uh, i i just um uh, it's just gonna have to go up so and then somebody else uh, a friend that was was talking about the cost of eggs in uh, in the store and somebody chimed in said it was uh, said it was the cold weather the cold weather well it's not it could it could not be cold weather and as long as it's dark the way it is it's they're still going to cut back unless you artificially light the coop and that's just a fact of nature so so it's not the cold it's not the cold that does it. It's, it's, you know, they're the photo, well, they, it's, photogen, it's not photogenic, but it's, it's the light. It's the amount of light that's available. Um, and then somebody else said, well, it's a particular political party. And the, the egg shortage is not because of a particular political party. I'm going to tell you the egg shortage is directly related to, um, weather conditions, flooding heat, you know, flooding drought and that kind of stuff. And, but more important, and the uh, avian flu. Bird flu 
will devastate an entire um, an entire flock. You can have 10, you can have 10,000. One of them gets a bird flu and you're about going to lose all of them unless you've got some extra hardy birds. And that stuff is so highly contagious. When I worked for the State Conservation Agency and in other, in other states in the United States, it's often called the Soil and Water Conservation Agency. But I was working there from, from 2000 to 2007. And when I was there, every year there was an issue with bird flu. Every year. Sometimes it would just wipe out an entire poultry farm. And sometimes it would just be a little small farm, isolated, you know. But wild birds can carry that virus. And, you know, you feed your, and I'm guilty of it too. You feed your wild birds and then you've got your, your chickens or your ducks or whatever, turkeys or whatever you've got over here. And these wild birds do carry diseases that your, your poultry can, can pick up and it can devastate them. And that there was a, a tremendous amount of birds lost. And so that throws that whole cycle off because a bird that's born in, let's say March, isn't going to start laying until August or September, October. And um, sorry about that. Uh, so it it you you are going to have a, a big gap. Plus, you've got to now take birds that are laying, and you've got you've got to incubate eggs. You've got to take eggs out of the cycle for the, one, for the ones that are producing, and you've got to raise more birds, incubate more birds. To give to, to sell to the people whose flocks have been devastated. So there's going to be this big gap. And it's not any particular political party's fault. I know some people don't like to hear me say that, but that's just how that is in this case. Supply chain is a whole different animal, but when it comes to bird flu devastating the um, the um, flock out there, man, you just you can't, it's just one of those things you really, you can't stop and you can't inoculate against. So, but, you know, this time last year, there were a lot of us telling you guys to, that, that you need to start stocking up. You need to start getting ready. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. And, you know, I'm a Thrive Life consultant. I haven't done a lot of promoting on that, but, you know, I, I was telling you guys this, you need to consider all your options and I shared with you that you know I home can I had I home dehydrate and I have some home dehydrated stuff and I have some stuff in the freezer you know I have a diversity of stuff so and I was trying to encourage all you guys too so you you just you gotta you gotta you just gotta step up you gotta get ready and um if you're if it's if it's not a natural disaster like a, a tornado come out come over and just destroyed everything you had um, if it's just, you know, because the power's been out for a couple of days or because the water's been off for a couple of days. Remember, we've had it here in the Canal Valley, we've had a derecho that that had some people without electricity for a couple of weeks. And that was just a windstorm. We had the water crisis a few years ago where that that uh, chemical was leaked that, that leaked into the water. And, and the governor said, oh, nobody can drink the water and you shut it off and. You know, it bothered some people. It it bothered their skin. They were very sensitive to it. Some people, it didn't bother at all. It didn't bother me at all. But um, you know, we were told, you know, don't drink it. Well, you got to have some kind of contingency. And that one went on. How I don't remember. I don't remember how long that one went on. But um, it 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 went for a long time. It seemed to me like it was a month or more. 
But uh, you got to be ready for this stuff, folks. And you can't always blame somebody else for it. If you're not prepared for it, it's not my fault. So if if a tornado goes over your place and tears everything up, that's not the same thing as the electric being off and you're not being ready for that. So it you, you just you just you you got to be ready. Nobody's going to do it for you. And the government's not going to be there, not right away. Well, emergency crews like that, but I mean, as far as housing and food and clothes and stuff like that, it's it's not going to be right away. And the Red Cross has only got so many people, and the other uh, non-governmentals have only got so many people to go around. I am going to be working, this is a little off script here, I am going to be working on um, uh, get home bags. And I will try to do a video. Well, I'll plan to do. I won't try to. I will plan to do a video on that and show you the kind of things that I'm going to put in our the bags for us. I should have already had that done. That's on me. I have all the stuff I think I need uh, to get home in case of an emergency. I don't have it all in one place. And I didn't have backpacks. But I do have backpacks now. Um, actually, we had a couple and I couldn't find them. Wayne and I both had them from high school. We still had them. High school, no college. We both went to a uh, college uh, uh, and got our associates about the same time within uh, a few months of each other. We both had backpacks and they were both Jansons and uh, they were both very good. And I don't know where I put either one of them. <laughs> But I was at the uh, thrift store here a few days ago, the um, um, Union Mission, and picked up some because I'm just tired of waiting on that. So I will walk through what all I'm going to put in mine. The idea for me may not be right for you, but the idea for me is that I'm just going to go home. If things get bad, you know, sometimes we talk about uh, the end of the world and the zombies and such things, but if things get bad... I won't be bugging out. I'm not going away to a farm anywhere. I will be bugging in. I will be coming home and I will be staying at my home because that's where I need to be. And I'll share that with you there. We have an older gentleman scheduled for the for the B&B on, on March 8th, 8th, which sounds kind of thin, I know, but this this was such an odd little request that popped up. It's not that we don't have anybody. It's just this is really just strange. He's coming here because his wife doesn't like to travel long distances by car. And he's going to meet her at the airport in South Carolina. <laughs> so he's going to stay here on his way to meet her at an airport in South Carolina. And he's going to pick her up and go wherever they're going from there. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just it. every now and again, you get one that's just kind of comical. And this one is. And um, it, it sounds it sounds like a very pleasant fella. Uh, I was sharing it with with Wayne, and he says, "I'll be here, won't I?" And I said, "Yeah, you'll be here." <laughs> but uh, it's the B and B still open. It is. I, it's kind of a mess right now. I really got to get the rest of it tidied up. I I'm ashamed of myself. I've let it go. <laughs> but it's it's not that bad really. But it's it's more cluttered than I like to have. Calendars open for February. For those of you who are traveling uh, north to south, going to be going through uh, West Virginia, uh, maybe coming up the turnpike or going down to the turnpike, uh, going from um, the Huntington area down 64 and 
or from uh, the other side coming coming down 77, you're going to get on a turnpike. If you need a place to stop, check the calendar for Holstein House and see. Um, if you direct book, if you go to robinholstein.com uh, and look for the B&B, &B, uh, Bed and Breakfast Holstein House uh, in the menu, if you direct book, you, there are perks that you will get, like, uh, if you want, because not everybody wants, uh, Hall's Chocolate, West Virginia's own Hall's Chocolates. I have a few of those for you. And uh, Coal, River, Coal River Coffee. Uh, we have Coal River Coffee. We will hand grind it for your breakfast if you like. And that is only for our direct book guests. If you're, sorry, if you're booking through Airbnb, I, no. It's just not an option for Airbnb. So go to robinholstein.com again and choose Holstein House from the menu uh, and use the link to check your dates if you want a direct book. Uh, we've got a couple, we do have the chocolate and coffee special going through the end of March. Uh, if you're interested in how you can do a B&B from your home, I am going to be developing a series of videos on what what you need to consider when you're you're thinking about it and then once you do it what all you need to do and how how very simple it is to do it doesn't have to cost a whole lot but uh, it doesn't really doesn't have to cost you anything but it, it i mean you do want to get a few new things you want to have new sheets that you don't want family sheets on your guest bed like that and towels and things but we'll we'll talk about all of that when i do the when i do the videos so, um, you know, I, I'm, I try to connect with the self-reliance and the prepper communities a little bit with, with Holstein House. And I know it's not a good fit. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Like I said, it's about five minutes off. But I know, I know that Holstein Houses and, and, and my channels uh, and uh, social media sites are not the best fit because I'm not a... A, a small homestead. I'm not a big homestead. I'm not, uh, I, I don't provide classes on stopping bleeding. And I, I, I do a little bit with canning and things like that, but it's not this big self-reliant prepper, you know, setup. But I do want to be able to say, I do want to be able to provide a place for you guys in between your trips. So, you know, if you're coming down, if you're going to Self-Reliance Festival and you need a place to stay, yeah, I have a room. I have a room. And it might be available if you need to stop in between. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to have you stay. Um, I'm very eclectic about uh, my house, my things, my life, my education, what I read. I'm very eclectic about all of those things. And the same goes for the B&B. I'm very eclectic about it. That's why it doesn't fit neatly into these little um, groups. So, but I can provide you uh, a, a comfortable place to stay. Um, I, I do think a lot like the rest of you guys. You want to avoid giving your money to to corporations that that will support things that you don't approve of. Well, chances are you and I think a lot alike, and that money is not going to go to those type of things. Um, you can access Holstein House uh, Facebook page uh, or Holstein House through the host to, to book a room through the Holstein House Facebook page. There's no links on my personal 
profile. Um, and I have had people reach out to me to, to do that. Unfortunately, it's not handicap accessible. Uh, it's a it's it's a hundred year old home. There's no elevator. There are stairs. The doors are not wide enough for wheelchairs. They're just these type of things. And it would be an insurmountable cost to um, retrofit this house at just for one room. So unfortunately, I can't offer that uh, at this time for guests with special uh, needs in that manner. But um, I do appreciate people, you know, thinking, thinking of us and, and reaching out. So again, it's, it's episode 29. I am running a little off time. <laughs> Go figure. Um, and, you know, if you like what you've heard, if you've heard something that made you stop and think, if you heard something you didn't realize before, if you thought it was uh, something good, um, be sure to like and, and subscribe and share uh, the links with your friends. And if you are in the value for value community, I hope you will share what you think it's worth with me. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Oh, sports ball. I told you I would talk about sports ball. Sports ball. I haven't watched much sports ball this season, but the whole kneeling thing, isn't it's kind of over, isn't it? I, I stopped watching a lot of football when they started that. And it's not that I think that people are right or wrong in their opinion. The people who are doing the kneeling are not doing the kneeling. But, you know, there was uh, there's always that. You know that you see the meme, the meme about Tim Tebow kneeling in prayer and how much flack he got for kneeling in prayer. But when people kneel in protest, we're supposed to be all excited. Yay. No, I, I don't think that you're I, as a consumer trying to watch a football game. I'm a captive audience to that. You're forcing that on me. And, um, you know, I might otherwise support your position, but but not like that. Not like that. If you take your own time when you're doing your interviews or you when you go out, you know, on your own time and you spend your own money and you want to protest these things, fine. But if I'm watching the game, which means I'm being counted in some of these, you know, uh, um, uh, algorithms and stuff, you know, Nielsen and all them are knowing that I want to, so somebody somewhere is getting a kickback or getting points or getting credit or something from the fact that I'm watching a game. That's just not right. So um, it's cliche. It's cliche, but I, I did notice over the weekend while we, we had some ball games on, we hadn't watched very many at all this year. Um, the Vikings were on. Yay, Vikings. And um, we were watching that game and I just, it just came to me, wait a minute, they're not kneeling anymore, are they? Or they don't show it. Do they kneel and nobody gets to see it? Is that how it goes? And because nobody gets to see it, they just, they're not interested. Or do you, is your prayer life that way? Talk about a squirrel and jumping off to an, another topic. Do you only pray in front of people? You have to have an audience to pray? I don't think so. I suspect most of you are more hesitant to pray in public than you are at home in the quiet. Um, so. When there's no camera, how does the scripture go? Don't don't be like those who stand and, and say their prayers, the hypocrites, you know, uh, who have to be seen when they pray. Um, I don't know. That's I, if I, I have no problem with anybody 
protest and whatever they want to protest. Knock yourself out. But don't come in and turn my table over and expect me to sit there and take it. Don't uh, don't block my road and expect me to sit there and take it. You know, if you want to protest, you do it the right way. You get your permit to protest. You mar- march down the street with your signs or whatever you need to do. If you're going to walk around in circles in front of a building, walk around in circles in front of the building. Do it the way it's supposed to be. Bring attention to your um, your views on your topics the way it, we intend it because we allow protest in this country. You know, you're allowed to do it. But, you know, don't don't stop. Don't stand in the way of an ambulance that's trying to get somebody to the hospital. You know, don't take advantage of people, basically. Um, me, when I kneel, I pray. That's it. I don't kneel to this. I don't kneel to that. I only kneel to the Lord. And that's it. I know it's kind of. Anyway. Um, all right. So as we're, we're getting really kind of down towards the end here. And um, I wanted to share with you, you know, it's uh, January is halfway over. January 2023 is halfway over. February is my birthday month. Now, I know that this is no big deal to most of you, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Um, I'll turn this off. Where did it go? Should be off anyway. Sorry about that. Um, so February is my birthday month. And I, you know, I've, some of you guys know that I've been reading about and thinking about and dabbling in a little bit of Bitcoin. And when I say dabbling in Bitcoin, we're talking like I've built up maybe eight bucks. Okay. About enough to go to Taco Bell. We're not talking 800 bucks or 8,000 bucks. We're talking about $8 US fiat. But I'm, I'm going to, I want to make February my, uh, it's my birthday month. I would also want to make it my Bitcoin buy month. And so I heard Jack Spierko on his program the other day talk about uh, it, it would only take a couple hundred bucks to um, have enough Satoshis to have a million Satoshis. And then you're a million Satoshi, you're a Satoshi millionaire or you use some kind of phrase like that. And I thought, oh, I like that. That's good. And I, I'm going to put back some money that I have uh, for other things for that I'm getting for my um, notary work. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a million Satoshis. And I'm going to try to get a million Satoshis before the end of February. So that I can be a Satoshi millionaire in my birthday month. I think that would be fantastic. I really want to try it. Um, and I think it would be uh, $250, I think. If I did the thing right on the uh, Coinbase app. I may not have done it exactly right, but we'll see. Plus, it keeps going up anyway. But I'm going to have to get a wallet for this stuff and a fireproof envelope for the safe and things. But um, that's that's a little tiny little goal I want to try to hit at, by the end of the month of February. But it, of course, means I got to get my stamp. I think some of you guys have listened and, and heard me tell you that um, my notary stamp was stolen in transit from National Notary Association to me. To me, if you miss that, yeah. So I'm a notary, and in West Virginia, every five years you've got to renew your commission. Well, I had to renew my commission in December. Took care of it a week early. My commission didn't expire until the 20th of December, and I took care of it the week before. 
got that taken care of. Kudos to the Secretary of State's office. Make it smooth and effortless to get it done. I, I get a hold of a national notary. I said, got all my stuff up. That got my notary commission updated. Here's a copy of all the stuff. I need to order a, re, a, a new stamp because your stamp is only good for that period of time. And I waited and I paid for expedited uh, shipping and because um, I didn't want to miss a beat. January 1, I wanted to be able to hit the ground running. January 1 comes and goes. Of course, there's no mail on January 1. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Uh, so I wait like an, an extra week. So I get a hold of National Notary the other day and I'm like, I don't understand. I paid uh, for expedited, you know, and it says it's completed. I don't have my stamp. What, what the heck's going on? She started looking, put me on hold for about 10 or 15 minutes and lo and behold. Lo and behold, the box that my stamp was mailed out in made it to Charleston, apparently, because it said something about in Charleston. And it was sent back to National Notary empty. Empty. So either the box came open and my stamp was lost, or someone opened the box and stole the stamp. But it never made it to my front porch. Never made it here at all. That's a big hairy deal because people can use a notary stamp to forge all kinds of documents. So I have to report it to the Secretary of State's office. I'm furious. I'm absolutely furious. And I, I told the girl at National Notary, I said, I know you did not do this individually, but I am absolutely furious. That thing could be used to forge documents. I could be tied up into some kind of a uh, 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 fraud for real estate or all kinds of stuff because somebody stole my and, and I'm only just finding out and she said well we only got the box back yesterday so we would have reached out to you today I said it's kind of late in the afternoon for you to have been planning to reach out to me but I also forgot that they were on the west coast which all right we'll see but I my my stamp should be getting here and as long as I don't have it I can't work I can't work. I can't sign anything. My stamp's on the way, but, you know, I'm notarizing this. I can't. So I, um, that's, that's some of the money, some of the, uh, that I'm going to use for my birthday Bitcoin buy. So I'm kind of excited about to see how that's going to work. Cause I don't want to put, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that scream, Oh my gosh, you're going to stay away from that. But I, I've been doing some reading. I don't think it's any worse than any, than purchasing any other type of, of converting us dollars to any type, other type of, of currency. And uh, you know, I could buy Russian rubles and today you get 10 rubles for one us dollar. And tomorrow you might get a hundred rubles for one us dollar, or it may only be half of a ruble for one us dollar. So that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. I know a lot of people look at it as an investment. I'm looking at it more of a, of a conversion to funds conversion to a, a foreign, foreign type of money. So, um, but I, it won't, I'll never go. I mean, I don't invest like that. So this would, this is just going to be a fun experiment. And if I can make the make, I've already got a little bit of money put back from, from other things. So it's not like I'm going to be, um, you know, taking out a 250 bucks out of the joint checking account to do this. And there I've got a little bit of money set aside. I'll, I'll add a little bit to it, but it's going to be from my, from my notary work. Do, 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 do. Oh, let's see. Um, We've been going about an hour and 15 minutes. I had some other things I wanted to discuss. Um, 
I might be able to wrap them up in about 15 minutes. That's not, eh, I probably can. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm helping out my little church, my little church that doesn't have hardly any congregants. I did a, um, I drafted a grant application the other day and presented it at our, at our meeting, uh, uh, board meeting on Sunday after services that I announced the previous Sunday that we were going to have. And I shared it with everybody, but in, in pulling it all together, one of the things that, you know, really struck me is during, during the period of COVID, we lost two members to, to death. We had two members die. We had three members that are now homebound because of illness. They can't make it to church. So that's five. And our pastor was reassigned. Well, he wasn't reassigned. He was relieved of his of our church because of his health issues. He was trying to do two churches. He's not able to do two churches. And so now we're in between. And I think I've shared that with you before. So we lost him. And then there's a couple members that won't, that aren't, that don't, you know, I, I, I completed the classes. I'm running the Sunday service except for communion. And they don't like that. So they don't come. So that's like seven, six members in, in our pastor. So that's seven people all together. So at least almost nobody there. It's really hard. Uh, and, but I, I, you know, there's a grant available that could help us reach the community, uh, reach, uh, help the kids that need some volunteer hours, hours at the high school, and um, just become a better uh, member of the community. And, the, during during the process of of writing this grant application, you know those numbers were made real to me, and you know then I'm counting. You know you have to talk about you know what's your community size. I started counting. We've got about a hundred. I looked at a map, just counting buildings that I knew are homes and not like carports. So we've got like a hun hundred single family units, and we've got. Uh, three apartment buildings that I think have four units each. So that's another 12. So it's like 112, 116, maybe if I counted wrong, we can round it to 120 if you want to, just right here within walking distance of our church. But some of the numbers from a Pew Research study just were awful. So there's like only about 30% of the people who profess to being Protestant attend services at least once a month. So then it gets worse. Because, you know, then it's actually, do you go every week? And, and the number of people that go every week or twice a, twice a month or even less. So the numbers are really low. But um, what I wanted to do, and it was kind of ambitious, and I'm starting to kind of think back a little bit, maybe to back off, was weekly lunches free lunches for the community the grant application if we were to be given the funds would um cover the food and the supply costs for 20 people a week if we could get 20 people a week in there uh just for lunch and maybe bring some social service representatives in to talk about things like social security aarp uh, weatherization programs and things like that we had done that in the past and we're starting to make a headway and then COVID, because that was in 2019 we finished up right before thanksgiving and then was going to start back up in the spring well in that spring you couldn't go out of your house so that messed all that up 
Now I'm wondering if I've overreached a little bit. We haven't submitted it. I mean, it's still drafted. Um, I'm still, we're still talking about it. But I just don't know. If I did that, it'd be like 36 weeks out of the year. And you have to do it. And there's there's so few of us to pull off something like that at the church right now. I wouldn't have much help. If we did it on Saturdays to get the students in to do their community service, that would help as far as bodies. And it would be greatly appreciated. But then that commits to every Saturday all summer and without a break. And I don't know if I have, I don't know that I have the stamina to do that. And we're not looking at getting a, a new pastor probably until July. So from now until July, I would be doing the Sunday service except for communion. I would be doing the um, Bible study once a week, which seems to be going okay right now. And then that. And it's just a lot for somebody who that's not their profession. But then I think, you know, oh my gosh, we, we've been studying the last couple Sundays we in our service. We've talked about Naomi. And then last week we talked about Moses. And, um, you know, they had some really hard times in their lives too. And, and God brought them through it. Uh, Naomi, we know she lost her husband. She, there she's living. She goes from from Jerusalem to to Moab. She's living in Moab. Her husband dies. Her her grown sons die. She's left there destitute because you know women don't generally work in that period of time. And so she's there's this tr terrible drought, and she hears that you know the the people back home are eating okay, and so she she tells her daughters in law, "I'm going home. I'm going back." You, Judah, you, you guys just go find your new husband and they say no or Ruth says no I'm going to stay with you I'm going to convert I'm going to serve your God because you know she she was a Moabitess she was not serving God as the way we know um, but and Ruth says no nah, you don't want to do that I mean if I could have if I could have another baby today you wouldn't you'd be too old you you wouldn't be waiting until he grows up to 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 be of marrying age and then I mean that just wouldn't work so you need to go home she said no no where you go I will go your God will be my God your people will be my people I'm going I'm staying with you so Ruth stays with Naomi and they they get back home and um Ruth's gathering up grain because in those days you left the corners of the field for the widows and orphans and the poor people to glean you know you 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 kind of took a square square field and you took a round piece out of it and left the corner of the field for them so you're always leaving something for the those that have don't have anything boaz caesar they fall in love i mean there's more to it than that you need to read the book of ruth they fall in love ruth gets they get married they have a son that son is obed obed is the grandfather of king david who is you know christ is the direct descendant of so naomi goes through all these things and the result is the pairing of Boaz with Ruth and the birth of Obed, which, you know, goes on down the line. So God takes Naomi from, from these bad situations. She goes, she has her walk back home through, through terrible times. You know, it's going to take her probably a week to get back home. And, you know, she gets back there and things turn out okay for her. Moses, you know, we're all familiar with the big Cecil B. DeMille over the top production of the Ten Commandments. 
Um, that's what a lot of people use to understand the story of Moses. It's a little different than that. Moses actually lived to be about 120 years old. Uh, in the first 40 years of his life, he was a prince of Egypt, and then he kills a man. Okay? DeMille gets that part right. He, he kills a man. And he buries him in the sand. Well, people figure it out, and, or he was seen. Something happens that, that there's a couple of guys fighting. Moses says, what are you guys fighting about? One of them says, what are you going to do? Kill me too? That's the slam together Robin's English version of that story. Read the book of Exodus. And so Moses freaks out, takes off. Because the Pharaoh's going to kill him because he killed an, is, uh, an Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And there's people that knows it and word gets back. Anyway, so he's 40 years old when that happens. He's 40. You know, Charlton Heston doesn't look 40 in that movie. I don't think Charleston he Charlton Heston was 40 in that movie. So, but so Moses is 40 when he starts his time in the desert and he travels and he comes up to, the, to Midian and he, he hangs out there and he, he, he marries, um, oh shoot, um, <laughs> Zephora. He marries Zephora. He's 40 years old by then. They have a child. He spends 40 years in Midian or with Zephora and her family. So he's 80 by the time he meets God on the mountain at the burning bush. He's 80. So he spent 40 years in the desert paying for the price of killing a man and being learning, learning. But then one thing that we don't notice, or I never noticed, we talked about it Sunday in church. In Exodus chapter 4, did you ever read this part that says that God sought to kill Moses? Well, that wasn't in the movie. So he's traveling. This is when he's, it's, he's, he's been before the burning bush. God has tasked him with, you know, getting the, the slaves out of Egypt. And he's on his way back. He's, he's staying somewhere in, in, at an inn or I forget what phrase they used. But he's staying there. And God's about to take his life. And Zephyrah circumcises their older son or circumcises a son, which is probably, um, um, Oh, shoot. See, I'm talking about this. And it, Gershom. Gershom's the name I'm trying to think of. Lord have mercy. So he, it was probably Gershom. Gershom's the firstborn. Moses hasn't circumcised him. That was, that was the, the command of God to Abram. As a sign of my covenant, you will circumcise your, children, your sons. This guy had to be grown. Unless Moses still got a new baby. And I kind of don't think so at that age. I mean, even Zephyr would have been 40 years old. So I don't think she would have been having a new baby. But at any rate, she circumcises one of Moses' sons, places the tissues at his tissue at his feet, and God doesn't kill him. So in studying that, it appears that Moses wasn't actually completely following the law. Uh, and, and so he didn't circumcise. So he was getting ready to go free these people for God who he wasn't actually properly serving. And so he, this all gets righted and he goes and he frees the people, the slaves, and he spends another 40 years leading them 
before he goes to the mountains and probably dies. We don't know. We just know that he was taken to but he knows where his body was was buried. Don't know how how he died, where he died, nothing. He walks away from it all. God takes him home. So here is Moses. And the point of this is Moses is going through, he's he's 40 years old and he kills a man and he pays for it over the next 40 years in the desert, cleansing him. And we know Christ went to the mountain and cleansed, you know, and sought and got away from people for a period of time. And you know, we all need that. We all need periods of cleansing. And then Moses goes on to lead the people out of Egypt. Now, I don't have any delusions about leading people out of Egypt. I get this. My thing is, how much am I supposed to take on? I, I feel that we need to have this program at the church. I just don't know if it needs, should it be every week? Is that too much? Is it going to be exhausting to everybody? Or is that exactly what it needs to be? So I got to pray about that some more. I have got to pray about that some more. And listen, and listen, because it doesn't do us any good to pray for something and then not listen to the answer. Sometimes we don't like the answer. Sometimes the answer is going to scare us. So uh, there you go. Oh, so I'm going to start wrapping it up. If if you are traveling and and um, coming this way, and if you want to pay with, with Satoshis, people say pay with Bitcoin, but Bitcoin right now is around 21,000 US dollars each. <laughs> you want to give me a Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, we can do that. But no, what you'd be doing with, would be paying with portions of a Bitcoin called Satoshis. If you want to do that, if you're staying, if you want to do that, just message me, you know, and, and let me know and we can work something out on on the rate. I was trying to do the math on how many Satoshis it would be to give it, you know, the rate of the room. If I gave you a discount to begin with and how many Satoshis, that's a big number. <laughs> it's not that much, but it's a big number. But um, if you want to do that, we can work that out. We can work that out. So this is going to be a wrap. Um, So uh, the Holstein House podcast, the Holstein House podcast, has twice been in the uh, in the Fountain.fm top 50 uh, podcasts. It's been a little while, but we were there. I've got the video, the, the screenshot to prove it. Um, so I, I was thrilled to do it at the time. I'd love to be able to do it again. It's, it's just so much fun to see it there. Um, it may only last a day. It may only last an hour or so, but, but we were there. And if you haven't gone to sleep yet, because there are some people who like to go to sleep listening to the podcast, I don't know if that's because it's so boring or what, or if it just sounds like mom talking to you, reading the Bible till you go to sleep, you know. Uh, if you're still awake, let me share one final round of supporters, because usually what I do on my podcast is when I announce the people who've supported me uh, with Satoshis, uh, I have a little, a little, um, sound that I drop in of, of cheering and to, to thank them for that. Uh, and so here is the round for today. HJ, HJ shared 550 sats and says he doesn't trust Bill Gates. Well, the same thing here, my friend. I don't trust him either. The same thing here. Euphrosinos gave uh, 500, which I really appreciate that, Euphrosinos. I'm glad that you're still hanging in there as well. And user... <laughs> 
user number 677-858-405-433-2462 gave 100. I'd appreciate it all. I wish you'd just, just get a, just get a name. Just get a name. Don't make me do user number six, blah, 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 blah. Just get a name. It's all right. Your continued support while I stumble through all of this is greatly appreciated. It really is. We premiered on the Fountain Network. And if you found me on Fountain, I hope you'll boost, clip, and share. If you're if you're on the um, if you're on the YouTube, you know, like and subscribe. If you're on the Facebook, like and share all of those things so that work can get out and we can have better conversations. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, to meeting up with you again probably next Tuesday. I got to look at the calendar, make sure I don't have um, appointments scheduled. I got one coming up pretty soon for the dentist and I can't remember which day it is, but I'll probably do just a straight up podcast for those of you who've been watching on the uh, live feed. That will probably be Thursday or Friday and probably go up over the weekend. Uh, Now I can post stuff. Let's say I hit post uh, at it's uh, let's say we I hit post at 11:30 today on Fountain it may take a few hours before it actually populates so it is entirely possible that um, something that you've commented or said I've actually ad- addressed and you won't hear it for a while but I thank you again for for sharing your time with me I'm sorry I went over it's just that's how I do I just can't this is why I can't um, TikTok I just I just can't condense this stuff down into like you know 30 second clips it's crazy (laughs) but thank you for joining me thank you for for uh all the support that you've given to me out there in podcast land and i will talk to you again soon bye-bye so there you have it Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.